Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith with your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson. Listen as he shares his faith journey with intentional application methods to inspire, motivate, and activate your spiritual life to develop a deeper connection to the one true source, Yahweh. This is a Faith Becomes Sight production on Black Talk Radio. Now, here's your host, Dr. E. Peace and blessings, family and friends. Welcome to another episode of Iron Sharpens Iron. I am your host, Dr. Ellis O. Henderson, and we're talking faith today with an outstanding young man by the name of Jacob Whitaker. But before we get into our conversation with Jacob, just want to give a shout out to Black Talk Radio Network for allowing us to have this platform. As always, I want to thank the Way of the Lord Fellowship, www.twotl.org. We're at 1700 Blair Street in Richmond, Virginia, 23220 for being a spiritual covering for me to do this. And then last but not least, I, w- I want to thank Jacob and his parents for allowing Jacob to be a part of, of, of the podcast, okay? And so um, just as a backdrop, Jacob and I met uh, about two weeks ago at the funeral of his high school friend. And uh, he and I just began texting. And just I just felt led that, you know, his story is so compelling that it would be a great idea if other youth or other adults heard what he had to say to give us a better perspective on what this generation thinks of all that's going on. So, Jacob, my friend, how are you doing, son? Pretty good. How are you? I am doing well. I am doing well. Let's let's start off by you introducing yourself and, you know, where you're from and how you and I met. So my name is Jacob Whitaker, and I'm from Stanton, Virginia, and we met at my buddy's funeral. He was only 18 when he died, and it was a very, very sad time, but I feel like God gives us these things, and he he obviously... It was obviously a bad time, but he makes that bad time and puts some good into it. Because if that bad time would have happened, me and you would have never met. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. That 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 is that is so true. I think about that all the time. I think about that all the time. So, so how have you been grieving, and how has your community and your friends been grieving since his passing? I think we're doing a lot better now because we actually have closure after the funeral right but i mean it's still hard just knowing that he's gone knowing that you'll never be able to see him again yes yes how long did you and him know one another let's see i played with him in little league football so that was what about i've probably known him for at least nine or ten years wow and you are how old are you i'm 17 gotcha gotcha now how, how when you and i met with the other individuals and i mean i don't want to tell your story but tell me how it was for you in middle school and how you came to, to grow in your faith so middle school was probably my worst years middle school i went through three years of depression and many suicidal attempts because of bullying and just not being able to fit in really and the way I overcame that is I'd say about after wanting to end my life and going through that and failing at it I realized that God didn't want me dead, that he wanted me here. And I obviously have a purpose for being here. I just have not found that purpose yet. Right, right. And so um, when you were being bullied and you said that, um, you know, you were trying to commit suicide, what was going on at that time for you? So it was more of, like being pushed into lockers, being picked on by my size because I was a very small kid. And it was more of mentally breaking me down until Mm. I just had enough. Gotcha. 
So was this every day? Was it happening within elementary school? Did it just begin in middle school? So it, it happened a little bit in elementary school, but I mean, kids are kids. And I mean, we all make jokes, but I think it really got serious in middle school. And that's when I was very, I was very susceptible to it. Like I was believing it and mm. I was going through it and actually it affecting me. Right. Now, if I recall, you were telling me that during that time, some other, I mean, so, so you were being bullied, right? But now yes, that you're in high school, you're in a different position. So how does that feel? So in high school, I, I've obviously been picked on and stuff like that. But I always, as soon as I realized and got closer to God, I realized that it doesn't matter what anybody thinks about you. It just matters the way you look in God's eyes. So I've done everything portraying in God's eyes and trying to be the man God wants me to be. When did you get saved? When did you give your life to the Lord? Let's see. It was about five years ago at Grace Bible Camp in Goshen. Uh, I don't know the exact date or the month. Or, yes, it was in July. And that was when I gave my life to the Lord and told him to guide me. Do you feel God has guided you since then? Yes, very much so. Within With all this stuff going on, not just JoJo, just like within middle school and all that, after that, it feels like after I gave my life to the Lord, I just, it was a big weight off my shoulders. I felt like I wasn't caring in the world anymore. I felt like I was actually being led in the right way. Awesome. So, I mean, do you know what an empath is? No, sir. So, typically, someone who is considered to be... <clears throat> say an empath is that they carry or they feel things at a very deep level and you have a deep concern for the welfare of others right and you're able to feel the, the hurt and the pain and sometimes you feel it at such a deep level that it, it, it is as if you are experiencing it secondhand. very much so and I think some of the challenges, especially when you're young, is that you don't know that you're feeling all of that, right? And so you can feel the negative stuff, and sometimes that negative stuff seems so much larger, you know, but it seems that, you know, you, you, you had said earlier that you no longer believed it. So you believed it then, that means it's gotten smaller in your mind. Would you say that's true? Yes. So now having endured the bullying and having endured, you know, several suicide attempts, may I ask how many times did you try to commit suicide? At least 10. And so I, I, I recall you saying, you know, that at the time you thought that you were, you was too dumb to even commit suicide. Yes, because sir. You weren't, because you weren't successful at it. And I want to say what I said then again. I'm glad that you were not successful because I would have never got a chance to meet. Yes, sir. And so I, I appreciate your transparency. Um, but I, I want to, um, if you could, talk about um, being 17 year old, being a teenager. You know, you have two parents at home. You know, but sometimes you still don't feel like you have anybody to talk to. So being a 17-year-old, being any age as a kid is very much harder because 
kids don't want to talk to their adults because they don't think the adults know what they're going through. That's why kids want to talk to other kids, but you know, it's, it's not that easy because kids just don't want to talk. And I feel like kids also bottle up so many emotions and they don't realize it until it's too late. And that's what I feel like happened with me, except I realized that God didn't want me dead and that I had a bigger purpose here. But yeah. some kids don't real some kids don't even know God. Some kids don't know about being saved. They don't know about being guided by God. Some kids don't even have never even heard of God. And it it hurts because I feel like if a lot of kids a lot more kids knew, then they wouldn't feel like they have a purpose here in this world and there wouldn't be as many suicidal attempts and actual suicides for teens because that's one of the highest rates is suicidal in teens Mm. so so do you know what what the top five are uh let's see i think it's Drugs is one of the top five. I think it's also alcohol and then um, car wrecks. Yeah. Yep. I was doing a quick Google search. That's what, um, yeah, that's what I'm doing right yeah. And so... In your sphere of your of your of your environment, so how many, how many? What's the percentage of say your 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 high school that are doing drugs or drinking alcohol? I'd say, I guess, uh, I'd say probably about twenty percent, twenty five percent. So the other seventy five percent, they're not doing these things, right? That's see that's that's even harder to tell because when you're when you're in high school kids are so good at hiding things. Ah. <laughs> you don't know who's doing what, right? Yeah. But I mean just from the things I've heard, I'd say probably about 25%. Gotcha. Now, so the drug fentanyl what is your familiarity with that amongst your age group? And why is it so attractive to your age group? Because of music. And mm. because of the influence of celebrities. And I feel like it's also one of those things, like you were telling me the other day, I think it's, those kids trying to reach that high high Mm -hmm. and they don't realize how much it can really harm them until it's too late yeah you know it's been my experience in working with the population that you know children and even adults we tried to reach a high to match the depth of our pain and when yeah. we are, you know, hurting and wounded, we're going to seek for, you know, some substitute to make us feel bad. And I think that's human nature. And, and I think that as adults, sometimes we become very condemning and not understanding. But one of the things that you said to me, you were, we were talking about the bickering of, of adults and, and, and how that impacts children. And how the bickerings, you know, you know, in, in your town among adults and how that spills down to the children and how that makes things more difficult, which makes you want to have a drug more, right? To get away yes. from the adult the adult bickering and chaos going on. 
Can you talk about how that impacted you? So I've never really had any experience with that because I've had, I mean, my parents are both loving parents. I've never really had a bad home life, Mm -hmm. but I know there's people that have because you can just see the pain with the way Mm. they walk, the way they act, the way they just put a hood up and don't talk to anyone. You could just, you could see the pain festering inside of them, but you don't really know how to help because you don't know what they've been through and you don't know how to explain your experiences when you've never been through what they've been through. Right, right. Indeed, indeed. So I think we we, we were speaking about um, um, what was happening in Stanton with the the name change and um, all the racism that, you know, that that began to occur and how how you felt being treated as someone, you know, who, you know, well, I'll, I'll let you talk about that. I'll let you talk about, share that, that story of how you got treated or how you felt during, so that, during that time. I felt like I was just outlawed because I was a white male. I felt like I was looked at very differently because they thought I had the same thoughts as other, I guess, adults that wanted those things, but Mm -hmm. then didn't know that I was they didn't think that I thought of all of us as equals. Wow. Like that's how racism starts is you assume that people don't think of you as equals. We're all people. We were all made by God just because we have a different skin color doesn't mean we're not the same. Right. Right. And, you know, and for example, you know, you and you, you and Josiah, um, you know, African American kid, you guys played together, and you, and you, all you guys played sports together. So, wasn't sports a good um, a, a good way to break down some of the divisiveness in terms of race and class? I feel like any sort of activity where kids can just be kids is just a way to break that cycle. Yeah. Because when you have kids being kids they don't really think about if you're white or black they just think about having fun being kids and playing with another kid and enjoying their time together with that other kid because you don't really think about or because kids have the same thoughts I mean, all kids, no matter if you're white or black. I mean, they just want to have fun, right? So, I mean, there wasn't, there was never really a racial thing with that because of the thoughts of all kids. In my my conversation with your mother, um, I'm from Lexington and your parents are from Lexington areas, right? And yes. one of the things that we talked about was, um, you know, when our school got consolidated to, into the, the current school, like our town kind of lost its identity. And I felt and believe still that once they took Lexington High School out, those people from Lexington who lived together, right, in the same town, they now they had to go to Rockbridge. While at one time our high school during racial incidents, we always we always came together. And I think when children in the same neighborhood or same city doesn't have opportunity to come together, it's going to create some problems. And so at the eulogy, after the eulogy, what I saw was a level of diversity in your friend group, but also the care and concern y'all have for one another and your and your your fallen brother. 
and it, and it wasn't racial and it wasn't class at all. It was just it was just people coming together because their brother, their neighbor, you know, had suffered. And I just thought it was an amazing, amazing outpouring of love, amazing outpouring of concern and care. And I just think that's, you know, it, it's amazing what sports can do, right? Yes, very much. Sports has always been a getaway for me from bullying to just having fun and getting that stress-free relief. And sports is just a way for just any, actually any extracurricular activity is just a way for kids to just bond over one another and create that bond with one another. And if you don't mind, I don't mean to interrupt you, but Stanton, Virginia, um, just went through a name change. The current high school's name is what, Jacob? It's Stanton High School right now. And it, it got changed from what? From Robert E. Lee. Right. It, it was Robert E. Lee. And so um, Stanton, the town, the city, and the area went through a lot of the same turmoil and uproar that was taking place throughout the world during the George Floyd situation. So yes. how did you feel during those times? And 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 was were your was your friend group impacted? Did y'all turn on one another? So I I wouldn't really say we turned on one another. I would say I was looked at different because again I was a white male and the police officers were white. But anything like that that happens is always going to become a racial thing and it's going to become a racial argument because it's it shows that there wasn't equality there he didn't that officer did not give him the same treatment that he would have gave a white male and I, I don't think it was really a, like, it didn't really turn us away from each other. It just kind of made us stop and think about it and think about how different we are, I guess. Mm-hmm. But... It it didn't take us away from each other. It just made us think, what if that happens to me? And it made us think, if that happened to him, that's not going to happen to you because you're a white male. You wouldn't get Mm. the same as that. But Mm. it would happen to me because I'm a black male, per se. So, like, I feel like it was more of an eye-opener for kids like us, because we had never, we had never seen the true cruelties of police officers with African-Americans and it just made us have those deeper thoughts and made us realize how bad it really was and how much we need to change that so our future generations don't have to deal with that. Awesome. Awesome. Now, were you having these conversations in school, at home, amongst your friends, amongst your families? Where were you having these conversations? And it, and it, and where did you learn the most? Where so did you learn I the did, most out of those conversations? <clears throat> I wouldn't say I really had any conversations with anyone about it. I mean, yeah, we talked about it some, about how it wasn't fair and stuff like that, but... I don't think I ever got deep into it with anyone. 
I mean, you would obviously see people posting the Black Lives Matter and all that on their stories on social media and stuff. But I feel like no one really wanted to talk about it because it didn't happen to them yet. Do you engage on social media? Yes, I am on social media, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say I engage in it. I mean, I post things here and there, but I've I've never really posted anything political. I was wondering how social media has impacted I mean, how I mean, what is it like to grow up in a social media area? Obviously, you, I mean, your parents and I did not grow up in this era. So, what is it like to grow up in a in a fishbowl almost in this era? So, I feel like it's a it's a blessing, but it's also a curse. So, with social media, you now have the problems of cyberbullying and all that. But social media has also given kids a chance to connect even though they're in a whole different state or a whole different country but social media is also a way for other people to bring them down hiding behind a camera Mm. Mm. how has your faith helped you during this 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 social media generation of me 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 um constantly needing attention you know you, you said earlier you know being influenced by you know the rap music you know do the drugs and, and so how has your faith helped you and solidified you during this time i mean do you i mean i don't know if you remind me do you do drugs no you no. don't of course not <laughs> No, my dad would beat me upside down and hit <laughs> the ground if I ever did it. Yeah, you have an excellent father. I think yes. you are you are you are definitely a wonderful reflection of your parents. You know, because children are who they've been reared to be, right? And yes. I can just tell in speaking to your mom and, and knowing you know your your family in the area in which they grew up in, which is the same area I grew up in. There's definitely a remarkable difference in how we raise our children, um, coming from you know the, the Rockbridge County area. Um, it, it's just it, it's just amazing. It's amazing. I'm def- I definitely, if I could redo it, I would pick my parents over any parents any day. Because <laughs> I I've always said this. I feel like I was meant to be born in a different generation because of the way I think and the way I feel and everything like that. Because kids nowadays, they they don't get the they don't get the same punishments. They don't get the same structure. More, it's more of you get a slap on the wrist now or stop doing that. And I feel like that's another thing that has made kids more rebellious and want to do drugs and alcohol and all of this stuff, even though it's killing them because they don't know better and there's no one to stop them. And so I'm, are there any um, Bible studies, teen Bible studies at your school, not your school, but are there any Christian, you know, clubs in your school? I mean, we had the, um, what's it called? FCC. Christian Athletes? Fellowship of, yeah, Fellowship of Christian Athletes? Yep. Okay, so I, it, it's almost like it, we have so much um, of, of, of the world, you know, um, the, the negative things, you know, um, right at our fingertips. But almost like we have a whole lot of darkness and we don't have enough light. And it, it's, it can be very challenging to be a light 
when you're not surrounded by the light, right? So what do you think we can do, you know, to make sure that other children are staying in light? And I want you to think about that while we take a brief break. Once again, we're on Black Talk Radio Network. This is Iron Sharp as Iron with Dr. Ellis O'Henderson. And I have as my guest today, Jacob Whitaker, a 17-year-old young man out of Stanton, Virginia that I have met. Um, and he and I have established a relationship. And I'm just just thankful to have, have him on the show so we as adults can get an opportunity to hear from someone in the age group about what they think about what's taking place in society. And when we come back, Jacob's going to give us some solutions that we can do as parents since we don't know how they feel. Thank you very much, and we'll be right back in a few seconds. No, I'm not a writer. Okay. Black Talk Radio, since 2008, providing new black media for the masses. Welcome back. We thank you for the for the brief commercial break. We're back today with Jacob Whitaker, a young man out of Stanton, Virginia. And just the last 20 minutes or so, he has been just sharing with us about his faith journey and some things that have happened to him. And he's been talking about his perspective of growing up in this social media era. And so before the break, I had asked him for some possible solutions that we as adults could do to help his generation endure some of the challenges of, you know, social media, drugs and alcohol, um, bullying, all the other things that, you know, have been a, a challenge for him. Jacob, how are you feeling, buddy? Pretty good. I want to thank you once again for being on the platform with us, but more importantly, for being transparent. So what, what are some things that we as adults and parents could do to better support your, you and your generation? I feel like we just need to all come together. We need to have those type of, like, more of those parent conversations, more of those, like, this stuff how or explain how bad this stuff is and what it's doing to your body and about the harms and all the fatalities that it could cause and all the fatalities that it has caused right because kids don't really know what they're putting into their bodies when they do this type of stuff. They just think it's one of those quick fixes that helps them for a little while, and then they get addicted to it because it helps them. Mm. Now, are you talking... What specifically are you speaking of putting it by? Just drugs or? Just everything. I feel like kids don't have that knowledge anymore of what's right and what's wrong. Like, for example, sex is a big conversation. I mean, kids need to know how it could impact their lives if, say, they had unprotected sex and got someone pregnant. They need to know how much that can impact their life and what they would have to do to step up and become someone that they never thought they would be because they didn't have the knowledge of it. Right, right. And so it, it appears you're asking for adults to be a little more involved and be a little more understanding. Yes, very much. Now, again, I, I know um, the caliber of parents that you come from, but in your friend group, 
and your peers, how many come from a supportive home, percentage wise? Uh, percentage wise? Like 20%, 30%, 40%. And you don't know where everybody comes from. You have an idea. In my friend group, I would say probably about come from a supportive home. I'd say probably about 80, 85% of my friend group. Awesome. Because you, you, you're you one of the popular kids in school. Some way, I would say. <laughs> so, I mean, and, and I want to talk about that because at one time you was not as popular as you are now. No, definitely were not. So how does it feel being a popular kid versus being unpopular? It's definitely a change. It feels like you are noticed more. And it feels like people actually, even though they probably don't, it feels like people care about you more. But the thing with popularity is it gets to a lot of people's head. And that popularity can turn into peer pressure and can turn into a lot of things that could lead to drugs or alcohol because they're the popular kid now and they want to do what all the other popular kids are doing. Oh, wow. That makes sense. That makes sense. But, but you know, <clears throat> you haven't, you haven't been bullied and not treated as kind. I think that your approach has been to help others who've gone through similar experiences, right? Yes, I, I would love to. Because you understand. So is there an opportunity, you know, amongst your peer group to take a leadership on certain issues like bullying, like making people aware of drugs and alcohol? Because that's the Christian response. You know, one of the things that God did when he sent Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ was a solution to the problem of the world. And one of the things that I garnered in talking to you is that you don't have a problem being a leader. You don't have a problem stepping up. You don't have a problem speaking out. And that's what I respect about you. And that's, I think, one of the things that, that kind of like drew me to you because you were so aware, but you were intentional and thought-provoking on how to help bring some solution to that. So do you think that, you know, you know, your friends and your peer group will be able to come and help resolve some of the problems in your area? I feel like as a community, yes. Because all of us want the same for everyone. We don't want we don't want to see we don't want to go to another friend's funeral grieving about them and read another name in that book. We don't want to see someone suffering because of a mistake that they didn't realize what they were getting into. Yes. Yes. Because I think that's the solution is for you. You know, you and your age group take control and realize the power that y'all have as, as, as a one unit. And the one of the things that I want you to always keep in mind is that the, the devil is always unified when he tries to attack a good thing. And as long as we can stay unified in the body of Christ, as a people of God, we can overcome the evil in the world. And you are definitely a unifier. You know, so, so your, your name is Jacob. So what does your name mean? Oh, what is it? it? It means like a supplanter, I think I said. Yes. Yeah. So do you know what a supplanter is? I think it, I think it means like someone that brings everyone together. Yes. Yes. Or, you know, you're supplanting something that needs to be replaced. 
So something else is getting moved out of the way and God is supplanting you in place. And this is why now, you know, at one time you felt like you were the last and now you're not saying that you're popular, but you're more recognized. Yes. And so what Christ did and what Christ wants to do is to use that as a means to bring a light to the world, to bring love to the world. Because all the things that you're, you know, you've been talking about, I mean, it appears that the solution is love. The solution is bringing people together so they can get these things out. You think your generation is ready to talk about these things in an open setting, in a safe space? I think if it's the right people, yes. But it's again depending on if people open up about their feelings i feel like more people would be secure to open up about theirs so that's why, what... I, that's why i felt so that's why i felt the need to be transparent because i want people to know that it's okay to talk to people. It's okay to say your feelings. It's okay to tell your fears. It's okay to tell your ambitions, tell your past, tell your challenges that you went through. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a valuable statement. It's okay to talk to somebody. That's a valuable statement <clears throat> because oftentimes many of us don't have anybody to talk to or, you know, just, or, or just to listen. Pretty impressive. Pretty, pretty impressive. What, what are some of your life's goals? What do you want to do as, as, a, as, as a gift to the world? I want to just leave a footprint. That's, I just want people to be able to remember me not as someone who not because not just in sports or anything like that. I want to be remembered as someone that helped my community or helped the world or helped in any way, shape or form. I want to be remembered as the leader that brought everyone together and caused this movement of transparency and helping kids because my generation is the present and the future. I mean, we, we are the only ones that can change our future. No one else can do it for us. So true. So true. So true. Well said. Well said. So there are going to be some people that are going to hear this and they may never meet you. Um, is there anything that you would like people to know um, that can help them be a better parent or a better um, friend or a better child? Um, any advice you can give? Because you, you know you're very wise, so I want to give you an opportunity to, to you know to speak from your heart and just give advice to this world on how we can make this world a better place for you and for your children. I'd say just be more open be a parent be very be um what's what's the word be vigilant look at things in a deeper meaning look at people in a different way don't judge a book by its cover actually talk to them before you shut them down or break them down because most of the time 
those bullies that are bullying you have been through some bullying themselves. So, I mean, most of the times, y'all or the bully and the victim have been through the same things. They've experienced some of the same hardships. And I feel like if more people knew that, then they would be able to bond over that because they would be able to relate to each other. And for parents, I feel like they just need to be open more. Like, some kids are scared of talking to their parents because they're scared of what they're going to say. They're scared they're not going to accept them anymore. They're scared they're going to be going to have consequences or I mean, obviously there's, when you have, when you cause action, there's going to be a consequence, but parents need to give that feeling to their kids where um, it's okay to talk to me about things. It's better to talk than to bottle it up and let it explode and something bad happened and to be a good friend I would say just again be more open let let your friend talk to you let have more conversations be transparent with them tell them the things you're going through be able to be that light that God wants us to be. Be able to open up about things that you never opened up before about. Because sometimes talking is the best solution. And that's that's why I'm so transparent because talking is my best way of coping with everything. It sounds it sounds weird to say, but I feel like the more I talk about the bullying and the suicide, it makes me realize how much I've overcome and everything like that. And I feel like if we all just talk more, our world will be a way better place. Awesome. 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 I recall the last time that we met, <clears throat> you said, you know, after you had talked about everything that was going on, how good you felt. Right. And so yeah. after having spoken for the last 45 minutes and you just shared, you know, about how good it felt. So how do you feel now? Again, amazing. Good. Like I guess the first time it feels like a weight off my chest and it feels like I feel that light inside of me that I know God is putting there because I know that I'm doing something that's meaning something that could create a movement that could make our world a better place it could bring us all together in not in the way of race or anything like that it could bring us all together no matter if you're black or white or any other race i mean or even if you're male or female it could bring us all together thank you Thank you for your courage. Thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your, I, I want to say sage. I mean, it was, it was just phenomenal how you articulated yourself. And you are a great, good, very great speaker. And thank you for, you know, continuing to, continue to enlighten me about what it is to be a 17 year old growing up in America. 
I think you have a very, very unique story. Please continue to share your story. And thank your parents. Thank your mom and your dad, you know, for, for, for giving birth to you, you know, and, and thank you for holding on to their virtues and their values for what they taught you. Because you are truly in a light among your generation and you are truly a young person of faith. So continue to talk about Christ, talk about God, talk about all the things that you're talking about because life and death is in the power of the tongue. And the more that you speak life, you will see life begin to happen and we'll see less death. And so the movement is a love movement for us to talk more about life and what we're going through and how we feel so we can get it out into the universe, but more importantly, so we can get it out of us and so we can get resolved. Yes, sir. So thank you very much. you have any other comments, any final statements you'd like to make before we close out? I guess I could hold on. I guess I could put my social media out there and you could talk to me whenever you want and tell me your story and be transparent because there's no there's no judging here. We've all been through some things and talking lets us get over those things. So you are asking to interview me on your story and your social media? Yes. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> and I'll answer whatever questions you have for me. That's a, that's a great trade-off. That's a great trade-off. So, so, so there we have it. Jacob has challenged me now to come on his platform and share my story. And I have agreed to the challenge. And this is how it works, folks. This, this is iron sharpening iron, you know, as one sharpens the countenance of another. So um, I'm going to return the favor. Um, and somehow we're going to figure out how to do this so we can connect, you know, both networks together. Um, but we're, we're, we're thankful. But once again, for Jacob, and he's going to be back because him and I are going to stay in contact. Once again, thank you all for tuning in to Black Talk Radio Network. This is Iron Sharp as Iron with Dr. Ellis O. Henderson. And I want to also thank everybody who has been watching, continue to watch. You know, you can reach me at ironsharpensiron509 at gmail.com. ironsharpensiron509 at gmail.com. I put that name in several times, and the 509 was the only one that was accepted. So please you know, reach out to us there. If anybody's interested in helping us out and build the show or help us on a social media platform, please email us on that at, at ironsharpensdown509 at gmail.com. Thank you very much to my friend Jacob. God bless everybody, and have a good evening. Join us again for the next installment of Iron Sharpens Iron, Talking Faith, where your faith is inspired, motivated, and activated. This show will be rebroadcast every Friday. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, evidence of things not seen. Peace and blessing until next time.